Ladies and gents, welcome back to What Are The Odds? Uh, big weekend of action had so far an excruciating, almost big bet for Baz. Talk us through it. Sunday afternoon. You're probably the only person watching Fox footy, Brisbane versus Carlton. Well, I had my multi that was relying on Brisbane Carlton getting under 183 points. Every day of the week. Every day of the week. It was a six-goal first quarter, nine-goal second quarter, and by then I was well and truly uh, cooked. But the third quarter I only netted, I think it was 37 points, and I thought, I'm back in this year. Just got to keep under 40 points in the last quarter, and within the first four minutes I was blown out of the water. With, I think they kicked four goals in the first four minutes. It was ridiculous, wasn't it? I'm going to talk about it more later, but there was less than 50 tackles by both teams, like each, like that's unheard of. Just, yeah, very open game, wasn't expecting it, so my well, multi was no good. There you go. Well, my multi was no good either. Uh, South African rugby teams, you're now on my blacklist. You can join the Western Bulldogs, the West Coast, the Warriors. In fact, New Zealand has done me no favours at all this year. Had everything going sweet. Hurricanes destroyed the Brumbies. Crusaders destroyed the Highlanders. Chiefs did a number on the, storm- on the Stormers by just enough, but the Lions... At home, top place team in inverted commas, just struggled and scraped their way past the eighth place Sharks in absolute disgrace with performance by the so-called number one team in Super Rugby. So congratulations, South Africa's Lions. You've now joined the uh, Gordo Blacklist and you'll probably do a uh, Western Bulldogs now and win the Premiership and I'll miss out. But uh, it's too bad on me because, you, yeah, you're gone, you're done. Not for me. It's a long list just starting to grow there. It is. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's getting there, but, you know, just don't – just just do it. Just back it in. Just get it done. Yep. The Sharks were meant to be no good and you struggled, so too bad. However, on the footy side, it was predictions galore. Adelaide did an absolute massive number on Geelong. Picked that one. Sloman off tap. Picked that one. He's now so-called elite. Thoughts on that, Baz? Uh, he's still going to do it again. So do it again? Yeah, he's got to, got to keep following up. One good game doesn't mean you're broken the tag when they didn't start Selwood running to start with. No, when Blitz out first, the uh, the lanky tagger. Yeah, allowed him to get in the game and obviously didn't He broke his him. ribs and then he said, like, okay, on to the next one. Yeah, so, you know, I think he's still got to continue to do it and do it in big games, come finals and see where he's at. But more importantly, and I'm half tempted to play this back on audio, uh, there was a game that was played on Sunday afternoon Sunday afternoon, the early slot, the 110 slot, the uh, GWS getting ready for the final slot at the MCG. It uh, was a wet and wild day. And what did I say, Baz? What was my prediction for that game? It was going to be which team to win? Richmond. And what, under over? Under. Yes. And uh, let's look at the result for that game. Uh, Richmond, 64, plays GWS, 45, in what was possibly the most underish under game in the history of football I was, there was a point there where I thought they weren't going to kick another goal for the whole rest of the game, GWS. Yeah. They went out and the blocks hard, and then after a quarter time, I was like, look, they're, they're done. They've, they've, they've boarded the plane, they've gone, gone express Uber back to back Telemarine and gone back to our Western Sydney because they did not look like scoring. I'm going to go pretty hard at GWS later, so yeah, I might go to say that. Don't, don't bust you up too early. Yeah, no, fair enough. But that was all good. Made me feel great. I mean, of course, Richmond support if you haven't worked out by now. So 
yes, a lovely, lovely Sunday afternoon was had, except for uh, Carlton. It cost us all money. So, yeah, my, my best bet was Kilimanjaro, and it was very, very dour up the straight. Flemington was no good, and that nearly made me cry, especially Master Zephyr. I said to watch out for that, and that flashed home for second. So I still got nothing in return. And uh, Leicester Rocket in the earlier race with the two-year-olds. Uh, probably wasn't a great day to lead at Flemington. There was a lot of wind in the back straight, and it led to a lot of funny results. Well, the leaders not really wanting to lead in slower run times. And uh, it knocked up probably about 50 to 100 out from home. Still finished fifth with some pretty smart horses in, in front of it. So... Um, yeah, obviously it still doesn't win us money. You know, a good run doesn't win us any money, but I think you can still look forward to backing that later down the track, keeping an eye on it. And my shout-the-pub bet of Haas, the big 126-1, to yeah. he didn't make the cut, but Leishman did finish top 10. Uh, so you would have got around $3.80, $4 for him to finish top 10, and I think it was something like $2.50, $3 to finish top 20 off the top of my head. So... Um, you would have got some money there, but otherwise, I was putrid. Yeah. Well, uh, if you were smart enough to just go on the easy money there and chuck it on Spaith, well done if you had the balls to not cash out on hole 13, because <laughs> that was nuts. You had half an hour to just sit there and be like, do I cash out? Do I cash out? Do I cash out? Do I cash out? Hopefully, you didn't. You would have made some good cash. He was paying 17s, and uh, hats off to Spaithy boy, because you are an absolute jet of a golfer, because I would have I just walked off court. Walked off the course and just been like, no, nah, I'm done now. He was hitting them left, right, and center. So. And he enjoyed himself afterwards. Oh, of course he did. Good to see. Once you win the claret, fill it up with anything you want, mate. Yep. Have a party. semi-regular segment now uh, the crystal ball we're going to dust off it and predict the NRL uh, finishing ladder and also uh, finalists obviously going it's the same as we did last week going from positions 1 to 8 we'll keep a little scorecard of the, uh, the ladder so far so last week we did the AFL and I'm up 2 to 1 yes Baz got the points on uh, Port, Adla- uh, Port Adelaide Melbourne with Melbourne getting the, uh, the chocolates on that one but my, my Tigers and Adelaide did a number for me and so I'm, I'm and got the slight lead, just in case you want to, you know, use our predictions for any monetary purposes in the, in the future. But uh, hitting across the NRL, who's your number one pick there? I'll storm clearly. Um, I don't really see them apart from you know Cam Smith, Cam Smith's injury. Billy Slater's missing this week, so it could be a dangerous game this week. Um, Cam Smith is having a fitness test on Saturday to see if he plays after tearing a pectoral, which is unbelievable. But yeah. I'd, Storm surely can't lose this. Like they got the best team by far. Definitely best team by far. Um, they carry their weight through the Origin period, and they're my my pick for top spot as well. I'm top spot by two games. So finishing on 44 points with a plus minus of 177. The thing in the past is the Storm have always been a very good defensive unit, but sometimes left themselves uh, a little bit of door open to get defeated by not scoring enough points. This year they've put that to bed. And they're scoring points. They have super exciting wingers, super exciting backs. Billy Slater's back as well. Cam Smith controlling both the uh, both the ruck and also the referees, as he always does. And obviously Cooper Cronk being all class. So a, a team like that surely can't be beat. And a good send-off for Cooper Cronk is on his way. Uh, my number two team 
Uh, two wins behind is the Broncos, who are coming charging back in. Obviously, you know, a bit of favoritism and a bit of, you know, home is where your heart is. The Brisbane Broncos always get cut up by state of origin selections. I think they had something ridiculous like nine in the squad. So they lose that three times a year. They didn't actually do too badly. They split the origin period 3 3. Um, and they've got, you know, the injuries, coming, injuries are coming back, players are coming back into form. Um, and they should do all right. They've got a couple of bogey games coming into this, but yeah, enough to finish in the top two and get a home final, which is very important because it's very hard to win finals at Suncorp, as uh, most teams have found out. They're the only town I've got that can beat the Storm. I've got them second as well. They should get Darius Boy back around now 20, so probably two or three weeks away. They're really good at home. They've played two more games in Brisbane as well against North Queensland and Gold Coast. Not really in Brisbane, but it's in the same state, so it's not really travelling far. And uh, yeah, I think they finished they finished second quite comfortably. Yeah. Uh, just to remind you, actually after round twenty one, so Darius Boyd's actually back this weekend. Actually so back this weekend. So that's yeah. good news for the Broncos. Uh, third place of mine is the Canal Sharks. Last year's premiers in the world's most disgustingly appalling refereed match. Um, not a huge fan of the Sharks, but they do have a pretty decent squad, and the likes of Fafita coming back into form. Fafita Maloney. Um, they'll beat up on some teams starting this week with the Warriors and they'll get themselves and solidify a top four spot. I've been finishing on 36, which is a game clear of fifth in in the uh, top four. Um, who's your third spot there, Daz? I've got the Roosters. Yep, so Roosters I have on equal points, uh, just missing out on uh, for and against. Yep. Oh, yeah, Roosters, I think they've been a pretty good team where you're pretty, pretty solid team. You know, they're, they're a game clear of third at the moment. I see them winning another couple of games and just holding out that top four spot. And I have the Cowboys for fourth. Yeah, that's a pretty decent pick. So mine, I've got Cowboys eighth. I think throughout their history, really, they've relied a lot on JT. And I feel like if it's any close games there, especially away games for them, without JT, they to really control the situation. It leaves them a bit exposed just in and around that recycle and in and around those tight situations where you need to either speed up the play or slow it down. So Michael Morgan's getting better at that, but... Yeah, I think there won't be enough people there who can carry the load of JT, which is obviously a very big boost to fill. Uh, fifth place of mine is actually Manly, who have done the opposite, where players have actually picked up a lot of slack. So the likes of DCE, he's becoming that JT in, in the halves, and he's doing it to an absolute aplomb, and he think he has a massive chip on his shoulder missing out on origin selection. So I think look for the Manly to make an absolute blinding run to the finals. Um, but they've left their run too late and I'll miss out on the top four spot. Yeah, I've got the Sharks. They've got the Seagulls at six. So there's five and six and the Eels and Dragons, seventh and eighth. Yeah. And so for my, also, yeah. I was just going to say, like, I just don't see anyone outside the top four winning it. Yeah, and they never do. So. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's the same in the AFL. You know, top four usually, I mean, Western Bulls last year obviously proved that wrong, but generally the top four win and yeah, I think the top four, the, the top eight's pretty much set at the moment. I reckon that doesn't really change. Agree, has in a bit different order. Yeah. But you know, the top four pretty much stays the same, and, and you know, apart from the Cowboys and Sharks, I've got them around the other way. But you know, I think apart from anyone else, like the top four or five, it's really no point turning up come finals time. Yeah, and that's pretty much how it's going to play out uh, come the finals. Did you work on the finals as well? Uh, I just I just reckon Bronco Storm will be the grand final team and uh, Storm should win it, but the Broncos are the only other team I can possibly see winning it just because they're scoring power. Like they've, they've 
scored more than the other team in the competition. The defence is okay, and yeah, like I just think that they're the only other. They're a bit, bit, bit more flamboyant. They've got some good players, obviously from you see at State Origin. It's pretty much Storm and Broncos versus New South Wales, so um, that's why I reckon they'll both play off against each other, and it'll be good to watch. It'll be exciting, but yeah, the Storm surely can't lose, and if you were to back anyone else, it'd only be the Broncos. Yeah, definitely. So about the same. Uh, the only other danger game I see for uh, the Storm is the preliminary funnel. So I have the Storm and the Sharks uh, making their grand funnel rematch in inverted commas. It's already happened twice since then. Um, and the Storm with the monkey off their back in a round, a really gutsy round 14 performance away at uh, at Racism Park or Southern Cross Park, as they call it, down, down in Cronulla. Um, but yeah, I think, yeah, same as you, Storm, Brisbane funnel and just... I think, you know, milestone gains don't mean that much, but when it's, you know, a franchise player in the likes of Cooper Cronk getting the opportunity to farewell his club, he's a one-club player, he most likely will only be a one-club player, finish off with a final, yeah, nothing will nothing will, will make me happier and everyone else in the NRL more upset than a Storm win, and I think that's what we should be looking forward to. So it's time again for the round 19 footy forecast and what a good game to start off the week. Hawthorne versus Sydney. Start of the season we'll call in Hawthorne, no hopers. Now they're saying actually cancel those September trips. We could actually be playing finals again, which is utterly absurd. Uh, Baz, what you got going on for this game? Um, well, the only team that's beaten the Swans since they, they were 0 6 the Swans. They've now won what, 10 of the last 11. And the Hawks are the only other team to beat them. That's very true. Yet, currently the Hawks are at two dollars seventy-five, which yeah. I think is a bit bit stiff on the Hawks. It is a bit stiff. They're very well organised, and we've seen lately. You know, they've been playing some good footy, good form lines. You know, Jerry West, Geelong, uh, Adelaide, stuff like that. Um, so since the buy, they've won three, which includes Adelaide. They've drawn a Jerry West and just lost to Geelong. So their form lines are as good as anyone. But Sydney just. They've got a better squad. Their four line's much more potent at the moment. And if Sinclair can pull off what he did last week, which is absurd what he did, he, I think the first Sydney player to take eight contested mark kick five goals since Barry Hall. So that's a while. And Sinclair's a very different player to Barry Hall as well. He is a very different player. I'll tell you what, if he, can, if he can do half what he did on Saturday night for the rest of the year, just go put your house on Sydney in the flag. Wow. That is, that's with, a hot take and a half there. With their four line, they've got Rowan, who you know, adds a bit of pace as well as um, Papali Hewitt. I like Towers a lot. Like he does some dumb things, but he also does some really good, clever things. You add Sinclair, and I still think there's a place for Tippett somewhere in that team as well. If not, he'll be at your club next year, Richmond. We'll take him. He'll be much better suited to Richmond. Yeah, we're not as stacked as Sydney are, so we'll have Tepper. And then you've got, obviously, Buddy fighting around. I mean, there's obviously question marks on a few of these players in big games because they haven't performed in finals. Are you suggesting there's a question mark on Buddy? No, not Buddy, but Rowan, Yeah. for one, and probably Papley as well. Didn't do much last year. So I just think Sydney still win. More potent forward line. The Hawks have had the wood over the Swans lately. Especially at the G, I think, I think it's five and eight at the G Hawks way or something like that. That's right. So the Hawks have won the last two and eight of the last eleven against the Swans. Yeah. So they've had 
had a good good run against them, but surely Sydney, they need to keep winning. They've got more to play for, better team. They're defending really well. And like I said, their four-line starts look pretty dangerous. I don't think Hawthorne have the defenders to to lock down some of those forwards. And yeah, but the Swans won't win by more than 39 points, but I reckon it'll definitely be an unders game. Yeah. And, and Swans will, will win by one to 39. Yeah, fair call. Uh, yeah, I think Sydney get this, but the safest bet... I, like yeah, I'm I'm too scared to actually bet head to head or a line or anything like that, leaving that alone. But this is this is unders as unders as they come. So the last three clashes against these two sides have gone under. Hawks have gone under in six of the last eight of the G. Five of the last six night games of the G have gone under. And for the year, Hawthorne have gone thirteen times under. Sydney ten times under. So make that fourteen eleven on Friday night. Good tight in inverted commas finals football will be had uh, so whack it on your TV and have a couple of beers and the unders will get up 165.5 uh, is the unders yeah yeah and yeah that's be, 80 each that won't happen yeah Sydney will be making contested footy and Hawthorne you know they're playing a lot more direct but still having a lot more disposals um, starting to get their marks back up so yeah. they're starting to play a bit more possession they definitely tweak their game plan but yeah again I think Sydney will just it'll be They'll cut that out so they didn't do what they did to them against Sydney, in Sydney. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it'll be definitely under this game and it'll be a great game to watch. Any any play on the line? Line's currently 14 and a half. No, I'd just, I'd just back Sydney on 39 points. I think it's like two bucks a year for that, two dollars, yeah. ten, something like that. And I think that's the way to go. Or like I said, unders. Yeah. 165 is pretty good, I think. No, fair call. Sydney don't score many more than, you know, look, and they're the worst set shot team pretty much going around and we saw that again last Saturday night yeah. they, just, they, they can't put teams away no. yeah. and that's the only danger that they have come finals and they've got some tough games coming up against Adelaide and Geelong away and you just wonder whether they've had a massive run they've put a lot of hard work into making the finals whether it's actually going to blow up they, they'll, they'll make finals and I think the, if if we played in a system that didn't have the bye they don't, they don't win the granny. Yeah. But the buy will help them and they'll be the second team in a row to win it from outside the four. They yeah. don't finish inside the four. They drop, they drop that game to Adelaide. They probably drop that game to Geelong just because they're not putting teams away. And Geelong is the Simmons. Yeah. And then, and then it's just that big question mark again that they have, which is, yeah, like can they, can they win a grand final without kicking a, a winning score, without blowing a team away early? Yeah. Which is what cost them last year. Yeah. They kicked kick straight in the first quarter, that game's over, and Sydney go back to back. Yeah, and so. uh, it's cost Fremantle a few times as well. Yeah. So. And then we hit across uh, from the highs of that Friday night game to the lows. Every week's a low. I'm sorry, North Melbourne, but yet again, you proved last week that you are a low team. Uh, North Melbourne versus Melbourne. And is, I'd like to ask the uh, world of bookies... Do you guys even watch football? So currently the line is plus 16 to the home team, North Melbourne. Plus 16 to Melbourne. So do you watch football? I'll ask you again, give you some time to answer. North Melbourne let Essendon kick 132 points against them last week. That's Essendon. They're not, they're not a killer team. They're not a top four team. They might even make the finals. Then, the week before that, North Melbourne lost to Port Adelaide by 70 points. 70 points to Port Adelaide. That's the same Port Adelaide that lost to Melbourne just last week by four goals who didn't even have the same strength team. And so now you're suggesting that, oh, they probably have a chance in this. Why? Oh, because it's being played in Hobart. But they don't have a chance in this. Three goals is way not enough for the line. 
Do you agree with me? We're about to have the biggest hot take of all time, Bats. No, I, I agree with you. I saw that with myself. But wow. But I did. So I went and looked at the weather. Yeah. It is meant to be a pretty miserable day down there. Yeah. We know with the wind and you know we've seen games like that before. And I think a lot of the markets also are looking at the history. So Melbourne have not beaten North since 2006. Yes, but that's before they North eliminated over a thousand games of experience from their list. Yeah, they do get back uh, Robbie Tarrant, um, Jack Zebel. Mason Wood and Marley Williams back this week. Well, two things then. One, none of those guys are Boomer Harvey, Del Santo, Petrie, Spud. Yeah. And that's four ins, getting us very close to the uh, formidable four-in rule. Yes, I agree. But I'm just saying, they're adding some more experience. And they'll be a bit tougher down there to beat, but I still have, yeah, the line's ridiculous. If you can see that line now, jump on, and just jump on Melbourne to win, because they will win. And they're flying under the radar. I said last week, they're $8 now to make the final. If you can get $8 to make the grand final, chuck a t- cheap, cheapy, cheeky little 20 on that. Just because I still think the players they got to come back in, they can still make the grand final. Just let me reiterate what I said last week. I don't think they'll play goal in this way. They won't risk him. But North Melbourne don't have a dominant Ruckman. I mean, if Mad Jack Dawg plays as number one Ruckman again, then... Spencer or Pedersen can play and it doesn't matter. They might get Jones back, but I doubt they'll risk him going and Hobart again. I just wouldn't bother because they'd still beat these guys. It's a moment to a wet day, a pretty crappy day in North. And Melbourne dominates contested ball. They're ranked number two in the league. They've got Viney back and North are no good at contested ball. So I would just be... Yeah, that line's ridiculous. It is, it is absolutely ridiculous. Even more so... So the Roos have conceded at least 118 points in three of their last four matches. Melbourne have won six of the last eight, and both defeats came against teams above them on the ladder. So they're against top four teams. This, yeah, this game is as cooked as Baz's prediction that Melbourne have a chance to win the grand final, but they obviously win this game, and I have them to cover as well. So, uh, yeah, the weather might be an issue, but three goals will be no worries for the Demons against. And North did beat Adelaide down there. Did, yeah, yeah. But Adelaide did the Adelaide thing where they get... A little bit too drinky on the bath water, and then they drop a game here and there. However, I will say that if if the Roos do beat North, uh, Melbourne down there, which they won't, but if they did, then they definitely one hundred percent have to be renamed the North Hobart Kangaroos next year, because <laughs> obviously that's the only place they're going to win. So, so like I'm sorry, but that's definitely going to happen. So on to the third game of the week, a bit of a letdown again. Uh, Giants versus Dockers. Uh, home game for the Giants at Spotless. Uh, the line here is uh, 41 in favour of the Giants with an over-under of 166. Uh, personally, I think here GOS will be out to make a statement in inverted commas after a shock loss in inverted commas against the Tigers, even though we obviously all predicted it. So what's your take here, Vaz? I, I didn't predict that, but anyway. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you. GOS will come out and probably blow away for her because they flat-track bullies. They are. They're uh, pretenders. They're pretenders. Oh, we have another pretender. Um, I know they've Joining lost... Port Adelaide West Coast is the GWS they Giants. Have, they've lost 167 games to injuries this year. Yeah. Now it's 30 or 40 odd more than the next best team. Yeah. They also did have every single draft pick in the comp for a good exactly. five years. They're so... also yet to win in Melbourne this year. Yeah. And they've lost to teams or drawn with teams you know, that they should be beating. Mm. And... No, nah, they're no good, and all the talent in the world doesn't win your flags. Champion team always beat a team full of champions. 
And yeah, they, they'll get Cameron back this week. Probably they might risk Caniglio, but and they'll win, no doubt, because they're playing Fremantle and Fremantle are no good. They'll be without Walters, and they're playing at home, which they've got a really good home record, and they're starting to build a bit of a fortress out up there. So I reckon it'll be a bit of a blowout, but because I think what they haven't scored more than fifty points last yeah. two weeks. Freire. So Freire ranks seventeenth in scoring and fourteenth in defence, which is pretty shocking. Uh, and they've been kept under 50 points in their last two matches. Obviously, GOS need a percentage to keep a top four spot because they can't win away, so they've played at home for as long as they can, pretend their way to the, to the grand final. And Frio aren't in the same league as Sydney, Geelong, Hawthorne, or even Richmond. So, yeah. And, you know, GWS to do what the other pretenders like West Coast and uh, Port Adelaide do and just beat up on poor teams at home and then go away and just be pretenderish and just lose because they're not good enough and I'm sick of it and they should be copying more than that they cop and that's I've just had enough of them yeah fair enough so they're on my blacklist as you say that's right a long list as well Uh, so do they cover the 41 points I probably wouldn't take that I I wouldn't bet on this game yeah just because GWS are yeah, they're pretending too much. They could pretend their way to a loss. And who knows, who knows what tactics uh, Ross Lyon can't with and throw 100 people behind the ball, deck chairs, the bus. Who knows? Um, yeah, just a yuck game to be. Yeah. I won't be watching a minute of it. Fair enough. Yeah, with the lineup minus 41 and the over under at 166, they're about both spot on. So not much value had to be had here and uh, yeah, not worth the cost of mission either. Uh, heading uh, <laughs> from one pretender to the original pretenders, Port Adelaide versus St Kilda in uh, what could be the master pretenders versus the apprentice pretenders. Uh, the line here is minus 31, the over under 157. Will the pretenders make a statement? I'll go over on overs, definitely. 157. Yeah. I know the weather's meant to be pretty ordinary in Adelaide. I'm actually going out there this weekend and it's meant to be atrocious. But the Saints where uh, Nick Rewalt, Montagna, who pretty much, you know, carried their four, definitely Nick Rewalt's been carrying their four along. They get back memory, but, and yes, Power will be without Wingard, but Power will do what Power does. Mm. Just like GWS, they will beat up on a team that's below them. It's not in the top eight, so they'll win. Their average winning margin is like 50 points when they play a team outside the top eight, so I think they'll smash them and... Can you believe that Power are actually the best defensive team in the competition? I can, because they beat up on the weaklings. Yeah, it's a complete outlier. It, it is. It, it makes that, that that stat almost, you know, not pointless. Worse. Yeah, exactly, because they're not that good and they're not that good defensively. So yeah, it's just because, like I said, they bash up on teams that are below them, and I think they'll bash up on the Saints. And so I think their draw actually has a lot to do with this. So the Port have not lost two straight since round four. Yep. So they obviously go pretend, pretend, hard team, soft team. A Port have scored 120 plus in three of their last six, yep. which goes back into that we don't lose two in a row. Um, and unfortunately for the Saints, they've been held to 60 or less in their last four losses and they've conceded 100 points or more in their last two games. Yeah, so this is going to be... Ugly. Yeah, like I said, the only thing you can save them is the, the weather, and that won't help Saints' style of football where it's just playing at all costs, you know, accurate kicking, stuff like that. Just, yeah, and Port, you know, Port will do what Port does. Just beat, and you still talk about the fixturing, it's because of that top yeah, six, yeah, play, top yeah. six, middle six, and then lower six, which is why teams like Richmond have had a softer run this year. 
because they finished in that middle bracket. So that's why they've you know they've been able to beat teams below them. Same with Port. They've had an easier draw because they get to play weaker teams. But Port's not beating GOS. They are beating St Kilda this week. I'm taking them to cover the line of minus 31. It could be as big as minus 50. Fair enough. All right. So good segue there, mentioning you you cheekily put Richmond in the pretenders category there, which is totally unfair. Uh, Gold Coast versus Richmond as the first of the night showcase games. It's a very poor Saturday night showcase weekend again. Uh, Very, yeah, we've had this too many times this year. A good Friday night game, but some very poor Saturday night games. Uh, Gold Coast versus Richmond at Metricom. Knowing Queensland, it could be 300 feet underwater. Uh, The line is plus 18 in Gold Coast's favour and 171 the over-under. I reckon this is easily one of the best bets of the round. That's being the under. 171 seems a bit much for me. Well, the weather's going to be fine up there, mate. And you're right about... Apart from Hawthorne City, probably Dogs Essence is the only other game worth watching this week, I reckon. Because <laughs> you don't want to watch Collingwood Adelaide on Sunday. But uh, yeah, Gold Coast, Richmond. Um, Richmond didn't do something Richmond did this weekend? Or? I don't think so. Unless Carmichael Hunt makes a, a casual comeback <laughs> for, the, for the Suns. <laughs> the, the, so I asked you last week how are Richmond going travelling, and they've, they're 2-2 two and two this year travelling as a study. Yeah. Um, it's good also to see that Harwick after the press conference in the sorry during the press conference last week was a lot more humble, yeah, you know, and wasn't as uh, arrogant as he was the previous couple of weeks. Yeah, um, obviously Abbott plays now because it's at, at home. Yeah, home yeah. yeah, he doesn't doesn't like travelling. Uh, Hooley's back for the Tigers. Dusty and Rance probably win this game by themselves. Um, Don't forget, Koch Koch played a pretty big role in some of our wins lately. Dusty and Rance will be the <laughs> difference in the game. Um, yeah, Tigers have too much pressure, too much up forward. They'll just, they'll just win. They should win comfortably. I think the line's pretty nice as well. 18, it? yeah. yeah the, watching Gold Coast last few weeks there, even though, like I said, um, Lynch came out and said they're sick of losing. They, the effort they put in was pretty ordinary last week. You know, they've got, got some good talent though. Ainsworth and Ferrini were good to watch. And... Uh, yeah, Richmond just win and win pretty comfortably, unless they're Richmond Yeah, so unless they're Richmond which I think we're over that now. Um, you'd hope you'd over, we'd hope you'd over that. Uh, my ambitious bet for this game would be Richmond to cover and the unders. Because, um, yeah, Richmond, as much as you say that we don't we lose these games, we're actually 5-1 and one against bottom six teams this year, with all wins coming by more than three goals. And we've gone under in, in 10 of our last 11 games. So... The big audacious bet of Richmond to cover and unders is is pretty pretty good. Have a little cheeky on that one. But Baz, I'd like to ask you a question. Yes, mate. Are you finally going to admit that Richmond's playing good football? I wouldn't say it's good to watch. No, no I didn't say that. I'm just saying good football. Watching Sydney's not much fun either. They've got a good game plan. We've got a great game plan. And they play within their limits. We play well within our limits. Except when you play St Kilda. Except we was one off. Um, but yeah, no. Look, you're... Yeah, no, Richmond are... It's very hard for me to say they're playing decent football, okay? Good football. Decent football. They still won't win the flag. Didn't say they win the flag. Just want you to admit they that Richmond are playing good football. Okay, they're playing good football. Mate. Thanks, happy? I'm very happy, mate. Right, Thanks for that. Let's move on to the next game. Okay. Carlton versus Geelong. Eddie had this. This could be a very interesting game. On paper, it looks yuck. They do get a little bit deeper by the surface. And I think some people have uh, been misguided in their predictions. The line's at plus 31 in Carlton's, Carlton's way. The over-under, 177. 
I'll be interested to hear your thoughts on this. I've got a pretty out there take. Well, I put out a tweet out there the other day about how danger would to Selwood and danger. Yeah. When they don't get over 30 touches, how the team performs. Yeah. So they're 10 and 6 when they both get below 30 touches. And I'd like to just have a quick shout out to at Sir Swamp Thing on Twitter. Very good stat stuff. And appreciate it getting back to me. And when they do both have a th- a over three touches, they're 19 and five. Yeah. So it shows the influence they have. Now, Hawkins has been like, you know playing pretty poorly, so the pressure's been on him all week. And this is a sort of game that Geelong tend to perform pretty poorly, and they're not the sort of team that come down against teams that are lower than them and win like you saw early this year when Collingwood smashed them. Yeah. Um, but the Blues last week were ordinary. Like Both teams had less than 50 tackles in last week's game. It was very open... Lots of scoring, and that's not what Carlton's been putting up you know, the last well, pretty much all year. Yeah. But if you look back to last year, from round 11 onwards, so the last 11 games only won one. Yeah. And this, this year so far, the last six games have only won one. Yeah. Been so, much closer and much better in those games. Oh, however. yeah. And we spoke about how much they've come along last and I think, week. And I think on that, you also did mention that there's danger for Carlton they're playing at such a high level and having such an inexperienced and kind of mid-smashed squad between really young players and, and the older veterans. I think that was their game last week against Brisbane. They had that one where the arse just falls out. You, you, you just don't have it for three quarters. And they almost actually pinched it in the end. So yeah, they came back in the last they, quarter. I think that last quarter will give them good momentum coming into this week's training. But we'll have lots to work on with the kids. And they'll come into this game and know that you know, Eddie has their turf. They've already knocked off the Giants there. And I see there's been a very similar game to that. A very interesting stat. So the Cats are 1 and 11 against the spread at Eddie had when favoured by more than three goals. So your fact that Geelong don't come out to play against teams they think they can walk over, bit of the bathwater drinking, etc., etc. So I think Carlton definitely cover the line here. Five goals is way too much. Well, Geelong have also won 14 and 15 against Carlton at Eddie had. Yeah. 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 No. Like, their recent forms aren't that great either. So, Cats have been kept to 90 points or under in the last five. 90 points gets you pretty close to that Carlton threshold. So, if you add the Carlton fact to them with their, with their most often than not pretty good defence, I reckon this could be a 10-point game and maybe another, um, you know, euphoric Carlton upset. But the line, obviously, in Carlton's favour to cover is the is the easy bet for mine. Yeah, I wouldn't be touching this game for from a punting perspective, just because you know Carlton last week. Concerning, yeah. Yeah, if they, I mean, they've also started picking a few more of their cover players. You know, like you, yeah. You know, so instead of picking the young boys, and they've put a lot of them away now. If you look at their injury list, it's massive. So Geelong will come out and absolutely put Carlton away, especially right. if they play like that last week. Geelong will absolutely cut them up if they play like they did last week. Yeah, but then. You look back to two, three weeks ago when they were playing that good footy, Carlton. And while they didn't score, they were hard to score against. So maybe give them another week to see where they're at. I like to sit back and watch this and just see what happens. But yeah, that's, that's me. Yeah, no, fair call. Uh, yeah, for mine, yeah, the line. And if you're really ambitious, the line numbers, but just the line for mine. Uh, very, very interesting game to start your Sunday viewing. This... This is probably the biggest game of the weekend in terms of the finals ramifications. Bulldogs versus Essendon. Again at Eddie Had, the quick Eddie Had turnaround. Uh, the line's only plus two, the over under 178. It's a 50 50 ball game, but I think that's a little bit absurd 
because I think one of these teams will definitely win the other one line. Yes, and surely wins this. Oh wow, we're going opposite ways here. Are we? Okay. I was, I was definitely Bulldogs definitely win this. No, mate. what's the Dons here? Well, Dogs lose Morris and they lose Red Path, and Red Path is a massive loss for the Doggies because he he does help them up forward with their structures, especially when they're mi- missing Stringer also. Um, and you know they'll probably bring back Travis Clay, but really like. We saw what he was dishing up. I know he's had some mental health issues and stuff, but you know, unless he comes back and plays like Alex Asolo has been, which was, he's been awesome, um, but I don't really see that happening. And if you look at player versus player, I'd be back in the back in the bombers in every day of the week, especially when they go forward. You know, they average fifty-one inside fifties, going over fifty percent efficiency, um, where the doggies are only at forty-six percent efficiency when they're going fifty-four times. And the Bombers, uh, 58% shot accuracy compared to the Dogs, 48%. So if you look at that, then the Bombers just score more. They defend pretty well. They might miss Gleeson, but I think he'll probably end up playing. And yeah, I just don't see the Dogs scoring enough. Like, I can't see Pickens kicking six every week. Yeah, true. And Bont's got to play in the middle, because otherwise their midfield will get smashed. And Tommy Bell Chambers has been rucking awesomely, like... You talk about Ryder and all those boys being all Australian. If Bell Chambers had a full season and played at some of the level he's been playing the last few weeks, he'd be in that conversation as well. And yeah, Joey Danaher, who plays on him from the Doggies? You know, what if the guys played three games? You know, so yeah, I'll just S and just win. There you go. No, fair call. All valid points. Uh, how do you think Essendon go against a higher pressure team? I suppose, do you think that the dogs can bring that high pressure intensity football because in the past they have struggled so uh, they lost that one point game in round 14 to Sydney that was Essendon they followed that up with a loss to Brisbane who brought a lot of pressure at Eddie Had um, they obviously lost to Richmond they lost again against Carlton which doesn't really count because the weather was absurd um, I feel like the last few weeks have had these kind of bruise free games so Collingwood at the G uh, St Kilda at Eddie Had last week against North at Eddie Had I feel like if a team like Bulldogs brought that, that tackling pressure and kept the game really inside and really low scoring, um, and you you leave that hit-up style footy out, out of the contest, I think it brings the Dogs back in. I did think that as well, and I, that did cross my mind, but I just went through all the stats, and yeah, just apart from tackles and maybe a little bit of contested ball, you know, it's pretty even, Essen probably in front, most things. And yeah, I just, like I said, just went back to the old... Form line player for player. Yeah. I mean, the Doggies played in um, Cairns last week as well against Gold Coast, and that was a pretty soft game. Yeah. I, was, I think the Dogs are cooked. I've been saying it for a while. They won't make the eight. So, Essen will win this. They sure up an eight spot, the top eight spot, sorry. And yeah, I just don't. I mean, I wrote the Doggies off all last year, and it cost me, but I think this year I'm on to something. So, it could be, this could be me just trying to, like, you know, redeem myself after driving the Doggies off the, uh, off the edge of the road last year. But I feel like this is, a, this, is, this is prime dog time. So, like, everyone's written the Dogs off again, and that's what they did last year. They like going under the radar. They don't like being front runners. They don't like any pressure. The pressure's off here. No one expects them to make finals. They could just jag a win here. Um, but I think, yeah, I think they'll be, be up for the fight. They know that their season's on the line. They bring that high pressure. I reckon they, they just squeeze Eston out of the game. But, you know, we'll get to brag about it next, next week either way. But we will. Uh, really important game now. Uh, not so much for finals or the ladder, but just, you know, to see where these two teams are at. Collingwood versus Adelaide at the MCG, 320. 
the line, yeah, probably about right. Uh, plus 21 in Collingwood's favour, over under 187. Uh, what's your go here? Oh, uh, missing a few bikes. Yeah. Uh, the, old, the old resty resty, yeah. All that brake crashes. Yeah, properly done, yeah. Um, obviously, Eddie Betts, thankfully, because he always, him or Charlie Cameron, generally kick goals against us. Uh, surely they hold lever over another week. Um, but then again, Collingwood has a few injuries of their own, so I mean, Moore won't play, Barco's probably done for the season, Penders won't play. So all of a sudden, us scoring looks like a big problem. Yeah, he might not score any goals. Well, Dugowie will, will, will allow us to score goals, mate. I don't know if you saw his game last week. He was pretty time. good. His yeah, best time in my, my And Vasile's been pretty good, so, yeah. you know, just because I hate on Richmond doesn't mean you can hate on Collingwood, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like, I don't think we're going to win. And, you know, we're probably going to keep up with them for most of the game just because we've been doing it all year. But our poor decision-making and foot skills will kill us because they'll just absolutely burn us on the turnover, which they do to most sides. And I had a fence worry a bit last week with um, Kennedy getting a hold of gold sack and done. I mean, I'd rate Adelaide's tours a lot higher than... Jenko and Tex are pretty formidable. Yeah, and you've got McGovern down there as well. Yeah. They, they shit all over West Coast four line. Yeah. Which worries me a bit. They should have the most four lines, to be fair. So. Yeah. And, you know, you've got Cameron, those sort of guys running around. And, yeah, I'm a bit worried about whether we get blown away. As long as we get blown away and Buck sends Levi Greenwood to Sloan and take the shit out of him, make yeah. sure he's getting near it. Because our midfield is better than theirs. And that's the only thing that might save us from getting pumped. Because if I was that, I'd just sit back and let us kick inside 50 and wait for us to butcher it. And go on a rebound. And go on a rebound. And I, I have this feeling it's going to be a very... Uh, they'll kill us on turnover. Yeah. It's going to be wet as well, which, you know, might even up the game a bit, but generally... No, yeah. I don't think so. Especially yeah. if it's poor decision-making. As you found there, like, even the Richmond GOS game last week, like, Richmond were actually pretty good by... Especially by hand and by decision-making. And that's where you saw like the, the teams that try and be too cute with it, which Collingwood does a lot, suffer in the wet a lot, which is what happened to the Giants last yeah, week. Yeah. So if it's going to be wet again, that's going to be bad news for Collingwood. Yeah, those front runners, JWS, definitely did um, try to overuse it and try to be too cute when it's under 11 sort of stuff. It's bucking our rain. Yeah. Just get the thing for You've got two big key... Oh, I'm not getting started on Yeah, I'm going to say, it's going back to this... Backing over, I was able to take a bus. But anyway. Adelaide, Adelaide definitely beat us um, this game. I don't know what the unders are, but it's meant to be a pretty poor day on Sunday. Yeah, 187's the total. Yeah, but that, that has to be unders because, yeah, it's going to be a wet day. Um, ironically, I'm going to Adelaide and I'll probably end up watching the Collingwood Adelaide game at in the Adelaide. MCG in Adelaide. So, um, yeah, unders for mine, given the wet weather. Yeah. And otherwise, just steer clear. Yeah, I'd go probably just a line. Oh, it's 20 points. Yeah, 20 points. Oh, so, yeah, you're back at them at the line, definitely. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Adelaide at the line. Uh, I hope, I hope, hope, hope it's not more than five or six goals, um, which will be about fair for this game. Um, Bucks deserves another year or so. I reckon he stays anyway, obviously with Pert leaving during the week, but we'll get into that at another time. Um, but, yeah, Adelaide uh, currently premiership favourites, I reckon, with Sydney, so... They'll look to prove a point. And finally, we ran out of a game which literally... It means nothing. means zero. It's it means less than zero. They should just not even play it. No, West Coast Eagles versus Brisbane over at West Coast. The line's minus 46. It may as well be minus 100. Wow. Uh, the over-under, 196. They'll go over that. They'll be over 200 points in this one. 
This game will be absurd. Uh, it's a kind of game that suits West Coast. There won't be much tackling, open, front running. You're playing against under-14s. Yeah, and, uh, and you know, Keo kick a bag. Mitchell probably come out and play again. So the only thing that makes this game fun is a ridiculous mega bet I found on sports bet. Kennedy 35 and Kennedy the King. No, no, that was value, and we'll come back to that later. Okay, sorry. Mate. The ridiculous one is West Coast to score more points in one individual quarter than Brisbane for the whole match. No, that won't happen. $26. <laughs> that won't happen. That will not happen because Brisbane, Brisbane can still score. Even though Zorko's not playing, yeah. they'll still score. And Funnily enough, I reckon Brisbane's pacing through the midfield will worry West Coast because they've got they don't have Pritis and Mitchell running around who, you know, retired fifteen year old Greyhounds are quicker. Um, and you know, Mitchell should probably retire in the year and resign Pritis was a mistake at West Coast. Like their midfield's slow enough as it is. And there's got too many players like the front run and that was pointed out on the couch on Monday night about that. But um, yeah, they'll win it because again, like GWS, like Port Adelaide, they like to beat teams that are lower than them, not good enough, and they're at home. So, just Kennedy will kick probably ten. Mitchell will get his thirty. West Coast win. And Brisbane will blood some more exciting youngsters. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, probably don't bother if you really, really have to, or you're trying to, you know, fill out a multi. Uh, West Coast to cover the line at minus forty six. So I wouldn't even touch that because I reckon. It, yeah, it might be more of a shootout, like a, a hundred and ten to hundred and forty yeah, type of game. Brisbane, or whatever, like, Brisbane so. have been like they've been playing it, like, apart from being witches hats last week, but so were Carlton. Um, you know, they've both been playing some decent footy. But I just I think that trailer factor as well has a huge impact on on youngsters, though. Like it really stuffs your routine. It is I think a it fair, gets, it gets get, yeah, it's a fair flight. Playing at Domain Stadium, by all accounts, is not the most fun thing a footballer can do to uh, on a Sunday afternoon. When the uh, when you know the uh, Fremantleans are putting back a few on the sidelines, so yeah, won't be fun for Brisbane. Will be fun for the West Coast pretenders, and uh, don't watch or bet on it. Now everyone's favourite time of the podcast. Where the money is made, our feature bets for the weekend. Uh, we're going trackside first here, Baz, or where are you going to lead us this week? I'm, I'm going to go trackside. Uh, my best multi of the week, and uh, I've probably pumped it up too much for 40 years. So it was almost too good looking at it, but race two, number eight. Kirua should have beaten, or would have ran close to Winburn uh, two weeks ago. It hadn't been uh, nearly knocked off course. Well, it was knocked off course, but nearly lost a jockey as well. And race three, number one, Nistan, which we've backed before as well. They're both around the $2.80, $3 mark. Just running double, load up. If these two don't win, then or yeah, I'm going to be shocked because they've got the field covered and they should just be winning. They're fur- like they're, yeah, I can't speak enough that they should be winning. And if they don't, then I'm going to be very, very poor in Adelaide this week. <laughs> There you go. For my uh, best multi, I'm heading to the NRL. And uh, it's really to spite the blacklisted teams. So uh, tomorrow night, Penrith versus Canterbury. Canterbury Dogs steer well away from them. You thought the Colin Magpies are a shambles off the field. The Doggies are doing mid-season investigations that take a week. And then they try and sack their coach. Then they say, no, nah, the coach is sweet. He's all good. They've got no idea what's going on down there at Belmore. Uh, they're heading down to Pepper Stadium. 
under the uh, foothills of the Penrith Hills and then get the job done on them. So first leg is Penrith by uh, six or more and they'll get that done easy. Then we go fly across the Tasman to Mount Smart Stadium where the old Warriors, the blacklisted Warriors, are playing the Canola Sharks. Sharks will stitch them up. The line's only four, so expect that to be a very comfortable win for the Sharks. And then to round out your Friday night, the cash will be made for the weekend. Uh, the Eels play the Broncos at ANZ. The Broncos will come down. It'll be a tough game because the Eels are looking all right in, in New South Wales. Um, so that's Brisbane to win by 1 to 12. Round that together on a multi, you get $11.17. And you'll have a good little uh, fun time to fund the rest of your weekend's action or just have some uh, after-football beers. Uh, my value bet is we're going back to the thug, mate. Yeah, back to the thug. Back to the thug. Racing up in Sydney now. Must be looking for a, a decent track because it's meant to be a bit wet down here this weekend, I think. So he's taking it up to Sydney. Like Cameron doesn't take him up to Sydney for nothing. Race six, number 11. You get about $15. It, it should run top three. Speed up looks pretty good stuff, so I'm, I'm pretty confident to run top three. Yeah, so stake it out, go each way. Yeah, and yeah, that's my best value. Make some bank. So my best value, I'm going to the AFL, and it's called something like Kicking Kennedys or something on Sportsbet. It's uh, Josh P. Kennedy to have 35 disposals and Josh J. Kennedy to kick five goals. That's $9. And I feel like that's almost money for jam. Close inside game, JPK will have 35 easy. And then the open shootout will be Brisbane versus West Coast. He'll, yeah, JJK will kick five goals. He couldn't do it last week with one in each quarter. Bloody gah, let me down there. But he'll kick five this week. Uh, nine bucks, good value. Good way to either recruit some money from the uh, losses you made during the week- weekend or to finish off your Sunday on a good note. And what's your best bet, Baz? Well, my best bet is the multi. Oh, I, that's I, all he's, he just I, loves it. He loves it so hard. Right, seriously, like, yeah, on class and form, mind, you look at it. And yeah, if my mo- oh, yeah, I'm gonna be poor as on Monday if this doesn't get up. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be playing this back. He, he might actually get the hat to Skype him from Adelaide. He might have made the flight back. I've just, I've, I know I've just absolutely moz myself, but yeah, yeah I, seriously, it just should be winning. So, other than that, mortgage bet, uh, anything else going this weekend? Um, well, I've got the show at the bar, obviously, yep. bet. Um, the bleachingly stakes are on at, at Caulfield. Um, I'm gonna go first for trifecta. Um, if it's in race eight, if you just box number two, number seven, number eight, number ten, and thirteen, I reckon you've got this trifecta in first four. So I'll just do that again. If you box, so it's five horses. Ten bucks gets you about sixteen percent for a trifecta, about four and a half percent for first four. If you just box number two. Number seven, number eight, number 10, and number 13, you should have the first four trifecta there. And, you know, it's a pretty open race, but there's probably only one or two many chances. You know, I reckon there'll be some value to be had in that first four trifecta. There you go. So I don't have a shout the bar bet. Um, yeah, most of the ridiculous sports ones that I like to look at weren't, weren't really much of anything. There's not really much sport on, apart from the cricket, it's already started. Yeah, so. yeah. So I've just got my best bet. Everyone knows by now I'm a massive UFC fan. And the main man, John Bone Jones, is back. He's back, and he's my best bet. Uh, why is he my best bet? Because he currently has a 13-fight win streak in the UFC. 
light heavyweight competition. It's the longest active streak in a division and the longest in the history of the weight class. He is all class, John Bone Jones. He's never been knocked out. He's never been submitted. He has the most significant strike accuracy. He just he just smashes blokes. He can beat them any old way. He can kick him in the head. He can choke him out. He can slam him down. He can knock him out with, with just slam him in the ground. He does it all. He has it all covered. And the guy he's fighting, Daniel Cormier, this is his hoodoo man. Cormier does not sleep at night because he has nightmares about John Jones. John Jones is the only bloke to beat Cormier in a fight. He's 19 and 1. Jones is 20 and 1. The one was only by DQ. He accidentally elbowed some guy in the head with downward force against the rules, whatever. Jones has had some time out in the game because of some out-of-the-ring issues. He's had that all cleared up. He's back. He's reformed. And in the words of the notorious B.I.G., now the, new, now the year is new. I lay my game flat. I want my spot back. It's take two. So best bet, John Bone Jones by decision in UFC 214 gives you $2.20. Get down to a pub or establishment that has Foxtel and watch this game because the legend of the fight game is back. Uh, sounds good, mate. Uh, and that brings us to the end of this week's episode of What Are The Odds? But Baz has just given me the little single there that has a little bit of nugget of gold to unleash on us before we go. Well, because I've just put the moz on myself with the two at the yep. Caulfield. He's hedging down. Don't. If you've already put the money on it, I'm sorry. <laughs> you should have waited to the end of the podcast. No, the last few weeks... Since I've been doing this podcast, I've been giving you what I thought was my best and best value and stuff. Because yeah. I love the net, I love the the races and stuff. And there hasn't been much else going on. Footy's a bit hard. But it seems that I've, I've I generally have five to ten tips on a Saturday. I'll put them up on my Twitter feed uh, on Saturday morning so you can see that I actually do tip winners. Because the last few weeks I've tipped winners at 18s and 20s. I've been setting the Gordo and Sean. I've picked the wrong one this week. So now I've said that I'll put it up and I won't have a winner. But I just wanted to, you know, let you know you can also follow that if you're up for it. There you go. So that's on Twitter. Check out at Tenchi Randall. That's T-E-N-C-H-Y-R-A-N-D-A-L-L. It'll be linked in all of the spots where you get this podcast anyway. So head across to Twitter for his best bets around the track side. Head across to mine for some uh, sporting action. Head down and watch UFC 1214 and have a good weekend of footy and fun. Go pass. Go you tigers.